1: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you have your Bibles, we are in Galatians chapter 2 tonight as we're making our way through the book of Galatians. And so if you have your Bibles open, Galatians 2. Uh, In Galatians 2, you know, uh, the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul's writing to a region of churches in Galatia. And the theme of this book, as we talked about last week, is justification by faith and not of works. Now, we talked about last week how there were a group of people known as Judaizers, and they came into the region of Galatia, and they would go into these churches after Paul would... Uh, preach the gospel, people get saved, church gets going, and they would tell people that you need to get saved by good works and religious deeds, not of faith. Now, here in Galatians 2, Paul continues to talk about how he received the gospel of grace, and and, uh, most of you know the story of the apostle Paul. On the road to Damascus, he got saved, and then he went to Arabia for three years. Then to Jerusalem for 15 days as we read last week and then he went back to his home city of Tarsus and then Barnabas came to Tarsus to get Paul and to bring him to Antioch there in Acts eleven twenty five, where it says Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul and when he had found him he brought him to Antioch and so it was uh, that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people and the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch so uh, Paul comes to Antioch. Antioch was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Now, I don't know if you think about what kind of cities that Paul went to when he preached the gospel and people beat him up. Were you thinking it was like Homedale or Chicago, right? So, it's the third largest city in the Roman Empire. So, it was Rome. Who knows what the second largest city was? Alexandria. And then, who knows what the third largest was? Antioch, I just told you, right? So, uh, so, big city, right? So big city, and and really this was Antioch was Paul's home church, and it was a mix of Gentiles and Jews. You know, Gentiles are all of us who were not born Jewish, right? And so that is the church that uh, sent Barnabas and Paul out on their first missionary journey, and uh, we know that from Paul's conversion till he actually began his first missionary journey was about 11 years or so. Three years in Arabia, eight years in Tarsus, and so, you know, we talked about last week how uh, some people think you get saved, and then you just start serving the Lord, but for Paul, who was probably one of the most influential Christians in the history of Christianity, 11 years before he got going, right? So, uh, I believe the Lord was preparing Saul, and I think we talked about last week how God wants to prepare you and is preparing you for whatever he has in store for the future. So in verse one, pick it up there, it says, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. So was this 14 years from when he got saved or 14 years from when he started ministry? We don't know. There's whole books written about it, but we're not gonna waste our time on it. So, uh, right, 14 years after something, he went to Jerusalem, right? So uh, Paul, a Jew, goes to Jerusalem with Titus, who's a Gentile, because of what happened in Acts 15. So it's important when you look at, like, the book of Galatians to recognize what the background was. In Acts 15:1. remember it says, a certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So these were the Judaizers. They came and said, unless you get circumcised, you can't be saved. Could you imagine coming to church on Sunday, and some guy comes up to Dennis, hey, are you circumcised? That's none of your business. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, imagine how weird church was, but a been. I mean, just, right? So they're doing that, right? And Paul's like, well. But then in verse 2, it says, Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So Paul went to Jerusalem to talk about this, like, should guys be walking around at church asking people if they're circumcised? right? So, so they went to Jerusalem to talk to the, the, the big shots there, you know, the, the other apostles. Verse 2, uh, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run and have, uh, and had run in vain. So Paul's talking about, he's telling the churches in Galatia that he went to Jerusalem, and when he came to Jerusalem, he talked to them about how God gave him the gospel for the Gentiles, and he was out preaching to the Gentiles. There in Acts 15, 12, it says, Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. So they went to Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, lots of people were getting saved, and they're telling the Jews at the church in Jerusalem, you know, about what's going on. Now, there were many in the church in Jerusalem at this time who were still following the Jewish customs and Jewish practices. Because, and I don't know if you've thought about that before, but you have a bunch of people that grew up Jewish, and now they become Christians, and they think, hey, I still got to do the, you know, the old customs and practice. Now, Paul didn't want to cause trouble in the church at Jerusalem, because remember now that the gospel first came to the Jews, and then Paul was the uh, the first real missionary that went out and was on a large scale preaching the gospel to Gentiles. Remember the Jews didn't like the Gentiles. And so, but he privately went to those of reputation, speaking of the apostles, right? So he went to the apostles and told them privately, hey, I've been out preaching to the Gentiles. I went to Caldwell, a bunch of heathens out there, preached the gospel to them, right? And they were like, what? what? <laughs> right? And, and so Paul explained to them, he'd been preaching to the Gentiles, the gospel of pe- grace. And then in verse three, he says, yet not even Titus, who was with me uh, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So, uh, so you know, men came from Jerusalem uh, to the church at Antioch and said, hey, we're sent from the church at Jerusalem, and we're here to tell you that Gentiles can't be saved unless you're circumcised and keep the law of Moses. So there was this contention, you know, there in Antioch. And so Paul goes to Jerusalem, and he's telling the churches there that when he went to Jerusalem, not even Titus was compelled to get circumcised when he was there. Now, in verse 3, Paul's telling those uh, churches in that area that he purposely took Titus, a Gentile, to Jerusalem to prove that, hey, he's a Gentile. He's a, he got saved. He's a born-again believer, and yet he didn't have to get circumcised when we went to Jerusalem. Now, if they believed that Gentiles needed to be circumcised to get saved, they would have made Titus get circumcised. So that's why Paul's telling these churches in Galatia. And the reason that they didn't compel Titus to get circumcised is because... The Christians in Jerusalem didn't believe that, right? So there was this kind of contention. Now, I mean, I, this might seem weird to you that they were debating in the early church about someone being circumcised or not, but it's kind of like in church today when some churches would believe if you're not baptized two times forward and one times backward, you're not really saved, right? I mean, I've actually had people come to me and say, so Pastor Bob, how do you baptize? And I said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I mean, how many times forward and backward? Uh, and I tell them, six forward, three back no, it's three back, two forward. I'm like, oh, sorry. Anyway, no, I don't tell them that, but right? I mean, but, you know, people just come up with strange things that are not in the Bible, extra biblical things, and but so there was a real thing, and Paul's talking to them about that. In verse 4, it says, and this occurred because of false brethren who secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Now, what what he's saying is that there were people came into the church that Paul started, preached the gospel, many of the churches in that area, and they were false brethren. They brought false doctrine. Now, you need to know as a Christian that not everybody who says they're a Christian and everybody who leads a Bible study is teaching the truth of the Bible. In fact, I don't know what the ratio is, but there is a large percentage today, just like back then, people that just add stuff that's extra biblical, not in the Bible, Right? Quite often when I will talk to someone who is, you know, teaching some heretical doctrine, I'll say, where's that in the Bible? And then they'll go to some Bible verse that's very obscure, and then they try to make it say something it doesn't. And I'm like, now let's read this in context. Let's read the whole chapter. Who's it written to? Why was it written? What was it about? What did it mean to them? And then they, then they get their little verse and like, that has nothing to do with any of that, right? So important that you read the Bible, that you know what you believe, because I think that more and more, Christians are being deceived by false doctrine in the world, and so it's important that you know what you believe, because even in Paul's day, people came in after the Apostle Paul, started teaching weird stuff, right? And so he said they wanted to bring him into bondage, right? And that was that, uh, you know, that you had to get saved through works, and that bo- Paul's saying that was bondage. Verse 5, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So... Paul's life was transformed by the gospel of grace. He'd already been in legalism. He was a Pharisee, right? He was a religious Pharisee. He knew all about legalism. And Paul knew that being uh, religious or being legalistic didn't produce the kind of transformation in his heart personally that he experienced with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's important for you all. When you experience that, just share that with other people. Because sometimes maybe you're talking with someone at work or in the neighborhood or a family member, and they're like, oh, your church, why why do you go to church? Or what's different about your church? And, And you can tell them, well, it's about a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not about religious stuff. We don't go listen to some guy just tell us religious, you know, mantras and we memorize them. It's about a personal relationship with God. And and Paul understood that's very different than being a legalistic person that has a list of rules that you try to keep these rules in order to impress God or to get to heaven. And Paul's saying, that's not it. The list of rules is not it. Verse 6, he says, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows no personal favoritism to no man For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Now, he's just saying that God sees everybody equally. Now, he's probably referring to the apostles in Jerusalem. And he's saying, you know, those who seem to be something. And he's saying that, you know, God doesn't show favoritism. God doesn't look at the apostle uh, James or the apostle John or the apostle Peter any different than he looks at you, in the sense of that you're equally of value. Now, that doesn't mean that you have the same responsibility. That doesn't mean you have the same role in life. But God loves us all equally. And, you know, the Judaizers taught that they were better than, than the Gentiles, right? That they had something better because they kept the law, all these things. Verse 7, he says, and, and I suppose uh, for some of you where it says, but God shows, no favoritism, uh, shows favor- personal favoritism to no man, that Whenever someone tells you that you're a racist because you believe that you should show up to work on time, then you can say to them, "Nope, I, I don't believe in that. Uh, you know, Galatians 2.6, God shows no favoritism, so I believe that. I believe that God doesn't show favoritism. We're going to stop there because we're out of time.
0: Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653